Welcome everyone to Aphrodite Sprints Podcast. This is Vince Kelvin. And I was just meditating for a moment to be best prepared to be of utmost assistance. And it dawned on me that it's always interesting how to enter a podcast. Maybe some of you listening, you have done your own recordings. There's that moment of entry, you know, it's, that is, is quite fascinating because there you are beginning with the first few words, you know. So there's references of people starting a radio show, people starting a TV show, and so on. The world with the event of social media has become a lot more relaxed than it used to be with TV as the only media, <clears throat> which further had me contemplate a unique aspect. I'm going to clear my throat. <clears> throat> speaking of a way to enter a podcast, clearing your throat. So I am, um, I was inspired to contemplate a unique aspect of self-relation. That's the core topic of this podcast to further help both men and women do better with love, sex, romance, one night stand, same night sex. Uh, whatever is your flavor. The unique aspect that I'm referring to is self-relation is the fact that we are one. You are one person. We discourage split and multiple personalities, but at the same time, it is a reality that we're not just one part. We're not just awareness or we're not just the listener. There's an internal relation that takes place, constant communication, impressions, different parts coming into play. So the more we become aware of that, because all of it is subconscious, most people would say, you know, I love myself. No, I'm doing good with myself. Yeah, I'm okay. They are not aware that there is something happening at a deeper level, and that's what we're all about to explore, to solidify your relation with yourself, so relating with others is easier. Tonight we're going to talk uh, about the false concept of rejection. Nobody likes the sensation that comes with the concept of feeling rejected, not being granted access, being told no in any setting, whether it be for a position that you want in life, something that you needed. We dislike people rejecting the idea but we're going to reject that concept in itself. So what I became aware of since there's self-relation, a great way to become more aware of that and to assess where you stand so you can make progress is when you relate with yourself. By that, I mean when you address yourself. If suddenly it was not you with you, it was two people, how would that feel? What would you observe? And it dawned on me that it would be very easy to enter the day. You know, you open your eyes and you realize that, okay, what day is it? Okay, I got to get up. We go through quite a range in doing so. Some days it might start with, oh, I slept so well, while other days may start with, oh, fuck, while other days may start when we're still caught in a dream and we're not sure what reality is, right, everybody? Uh, to how we suddenly get ourselves going, going places, to what we tell ourselves just before we arrive somewhere. 
And if we're really honest with ourselves, which we should, okay, self-honesty is key, we could observe playfully because it's nothing abnormal. We all have to deal with that. That if it were two people, it probably most of the time would be pretty harsh. If what you tell yourself upon awakening, it was somebody else saying it to you, some days it might be like, get the fuck up. Or it might be, you're late. You're always late. Or you have to go. Why do you have to go? That last one, notice how it wouldn't even make sense that somebody would present us with two things. They would tell us that we have to go. We have to get up. But at the same time, they would say, why do you have to get up? If you're a man and you were a woman and she presents two things to you like that, you know you wouldn't like it. So it's an invitation to make sure that wherever you have to go, whatever is the task at hand, you present it to yourself in more pleasant manners. I don't know if you saw my video this morning on Facebook. I entered a Monday in a truly different way and I was encouraging people to do so as well. So first gift tonight would be to pay attention to how you direct yourself upon awakening when you have to go somewhere. What, what if it was somebody else talking to you like that? How would it feel? Oftentimes, it would probably be also too abrupt. It would need a little pre Amble. You're not going to do that perfectly, but the goal and the key is to become more aware of a form of internal communication beyond the surface to just kind of revisit that because it was never consciously structured, solidify just a touch, continue to solidify it two times, and watch the miracles that happen at the level of your attraction at the level of how people respond to you, but most of all, how you respond to them. So uh, I personally initially would dislike feeling rejected. And uh, the interesting thing is that I see and hear and coach guys that if they're entry level and the perceive it as, well, man, I just, I don't want to be rejected. It's understandable. There are, and there is a tendency, there are others who through time make headways, and yet they still kind of sustain the theory behind that concept of rejection, which limits the headways you can make. So let's examine a little bit what I have found very helpful for me personally which I'm sure will be helpful for you too, is to first assess that, okay, sure, I can voice something to another human being and they can start to participate mildly, reluctantly, or they can not want to participate. In that moment, if I dislike it, I could process it in a way that's unpleasant to me, which would tend to make me want to do it less often or do it a little bit with apprehension. So then when that happens and I observe it, if I observe it without the influence of the world that told me that this is called rejection, 
If I just observe it, it consists of some motion of emotions and maybe a little commentary on my side. So the first step would be to really identify that you are not the person, whomever you are as you're listening, who came up with the name rejection and the concept. It was passed on to us by people who misunderstood what was really happening. So let's say we start to remove that. It's, it's, it's quite a task because I have people who tell me, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, three weeks down the road, they go like, yeah, the other day, uh, that girl kind of rejected me. And I go, I thought we went through that before. So it's a process through time. Each time you find yourself going rejected, I don't like to be rejected. Oh, I felt blown out, whatever variety of words you use to describe that. Catch yourself and go, wait a minute, what's really going on right now? Now, uh, if, for example, I have my phone right now. My phone, you can hear me right now. So my phone is working right now. If I turn it off, you wouldn't hear me anymore. So that tells us that any experience, process, or even piece of machinery or technology is dependent on something that if we remove it or stop it, it cancels the whole experience. If my phone is off, it cancels the whole experience of being on the phone and speaking and being heard. So rejection, the sensation, the, the experience of it, the apprehension towards it is only valid when we make the other person's impression of us, decision about us, opinion of us, more important than ours. I'll give you an example. I want you to think about a movie you, you really like or a type of movie you really like. If you're not a big movie fan, which is okay, Substitute will be a dish you really like, or substitute would be even maybe in sports, your favorite team, if you're into sports, favorite music, and by now, if you don't relate to any of the examples, pick one of your own. I pause for a second, because it's important to go beyond just hearing, to grant yourself an experience and participate for you, by you, as you. And after that, we'll take questions. So now, hopefully you pick something you're pretty, pretty solid with. What if another human being comes around and um, let's say, I've always loved mobster movies. I was talking with AZD about that the other day. Uh, it's another thing that we have in common. And somebody tells me, that movie, Goodfellas, that was the stupidest movie ever, or The Sopranos are... It's the stupidest show ever. I hate it. Depends on how I feel at that time. I still have choices. I could say, no, I think you're wrong. I love it. But that's confrontational. I could go, well, there's probably things that they like that I don't like. So ideally, a higher place of consciousness would be freedom of choice. We can exist with differences. They have their reason. And it's their problem. And it's in no way going to affect my experience. 
So same, there it makes sense. Same applies. If a woman is unappreciative of the step you have taken, or if you're a woman listening, since this is open to both men and women, it's for humans and other beings through the galaxy that could tune in, then the real challenge is not rejection. The real challenge is to begin to doubt the self, to doubt the intention of the self, to base the self-value, the value of the self, on another person's opinion. And that is not honoring the self. It's as if you, you question whether or not you like your family based on whether or not other people like them. It's a lack of making your own choice. Now, if I say it that way, it would be easy for a person to go, uh, well, I don't do that. You may be in that category. I honestly, even as I am saying that, can catch myself at times forgetting that. Mildly, it's, it's subtle. Any time that you don't grant yourself the permission to talk freely to another human being, unless there's something else at stake, safety, or it genuinely would not be appropriate, you know, and, and that's not a bullshit excuse. The, you notice they're in the middle of an important transaction, and you go, okay, I'll give it a sec. But any time other than that, when we don't grant ourselves the permission to talk to others, it's because we make something about them more important than our own choices, decisions, and sense of self. And why do we do that? Another category that you may fit in would be the category that would quickly go, yeah, I know I do that, like you're the only one. We all do that. Why? Because it's not something we can see. And it's within us, and our attention is constantly towards the outside unless there's a strong physical emotion within. If a muscle is sore, it brings the attention towards that part of the body, but not towards that which is witnessing the experience outside, inside. That's the self, the witness mm. within, the witness within. Mm. That was a good yawn. <laughs> if uh, you're at a place where you're making sounds or it's a loud, the, the simple way to remedy is you press star six, okay? So um, that's a good example. For example, I'm stating this and I heard a yarn. I could go like, oh, wow, was I being boring right there? No, I know better. I know that this, is sa- this can save your ass. This can change your reality. This can get you the 10 that you've been wanting. This can resolve all matters of, oh, I should approach, sometimes I don't, sometimes I do. It's a lack of awareness of what's going on within because it's not encouraged by the rest of the world. So we become unconscious of how we really relate to ourselves. It's subtle voice impressions, submodalities of all types, a feeling, a recall uh, to be handled at that level. It's too intricate to really comprehend all of the internal response and yet to make the commitment to revisit that and to re-examine it and bring your own logic in it. So the solution to change that is to become aware of it, number one, become aware of it that you can be rejected by other people. The only time you have a sense of that experience is because you are agreeing with them and rejecting you. 
So once you become aware of that, no big deal, let's change that. How do I change it? I strengthen that realization by moving only or as often as I can in that direction, and I gather evidence that resonates for me until the day I hear somebody goes, I got rejected, and within I know better than buying into that bullshit concept. And if I find myself feeling a little bit like, wow, that was harsh, I go, wait a minute. That was another human being making a choice, and it's their right to make a choice, but that should not influence or impact me and how I feel about me. Through time, of course, the more we deepen the different angles, aspects. <clears throat> I'm working on a book on self-relation. And it's not self-discipline. Those are surface stuff. It's not self-love even. It's just how we relate to the self, how we treat the self at deeper levels. And the more we strengthen that, the more automatically you'd be like, yeah, well, that, that's a problem. And then the more we become appreciative of those internal processes on our side, the more we can also better understand that we're not dealing with a perfect human on the other side, a machine that knows why they voice that. Maybe they felt unease on their side. Maybe last time they opened themselves to someone, uh, it didn't go where they wanted. So subconsciously, they're still concerned that if they open themselves again, they might be hurt, they move away from pain. So then they put on the facade and uh, they're tripping a little bit because they got attention from other eyes and or maybe it's just a poor communicator, or maybe it's a surprise effect. So then we get more real, and as we get more real, uh, we don't make such a big deal of people saying yes or no to us. In the other direction, it's important to, because it could, it's also unhealthy to get overly excited because someone on the outside starts to appreciate you. Then you are equally dependent and uh, then it's not really organic. So on the other hand, if a, a girl goes, oh, my God, I really love what you're doing. So you go, yeah, well, she can appreciate it. Uh, that doesn't change how I feel about me. I feel very good regardless. Uh, an ideal, which I don't claim I have met, but it's helpful and important to have an ideal so we have a sense of direction. It would be that place where even the person would most compliment you on one hand, it would be mild compared to how good you feel about you. Then the word good would no longer be appropriate. It'd be more like tremendously phenomenal you feel about you. And even the person that would most trash you and do their best to be nasty and point out things that may be a little more sensitive, be it age, height, and this, it wouldn't matter because you know you and you stand by you and you reassure you. And it's about finding within what we have so hope for without meaning on the outside, uh, you know, that, that friend that would stand by us no matter what, the love and affection from our parents that we got at times or maybe not or we never got to find all of that within and to really let that be strengthened, the ultimate girlfriend that would be within 
a beautiful, soft voice, constantly reinforcing, reassuring, helping, standing by you. It doesn't mean that we would only be like, oh, I'm doing good, I'm doing good. If we detected ourselves engaged into poor patterns of thinking or a behavior that we could regret later on or that is questionable genuinely, then it would be easier to address it because it wouldn't be, oh, man, I'm such a fucking asshole, I hate myself. It would be like, hey, I care for you so much that I think that when you engage in such and such behavior, it's not to your own advantage and it's not who you really are. Who you really are is way too great for that. Can you imagine simple little issues of like you wanted to talk and you didn't and then you start to get a little hard on yourself and you make, or it's subtle. It's not like, yo, I'm such a fucking asshole. It's more like, ah, yeah, you know, sometimes I want to talk and I don't. If that was replaced by a voice who goes, you know, I think you're simply unaware of how wonderful you are and how you can give yourself the permission and how when you do, you can do very well. And I love you tremendously regardless. You are everything to me because you are me and I am you. I am one. I refer to that as the voice of Aphrodite, goddess of beauty and harmony. But that voice must be found within, otherwise we're dependent. And the dependence creates a form of bipolarity where suddenly a guy gets a phone number so he gets more excited and he feels more validated. You cannot wait for those things to give you the validation that you find within. I validate myself fully. I don't depend on anything to happen on the outside to feel valuable, to feel validated. I validate myself. And from that place of inner strength, solidity, my inner rock, then I can make things happen on the outside and I make them happen more freely and more smoothly because I don't depend on a yes or no to feel good about me and to know who I am. Fuck rejection. All right. Uh, It's a small group tonight live. The podcast is always on iTunes and Podomatic. Best is to subscribe. And... um, I'm ready to welcome any question you may have. Uh, it's sometimes limiting for me to say questions, but tell me what's your impression, where you stand, so we elevate the quality of this call even further by turning it into a little bit of a dialogue. The line is open. I don't want too much silence for those who listen in the future, so I'll go on to my hey, next topic. I've got a question regarding awareness of things that I was unaware of before. As I become and realize things that I haven't been aware of before, what do I do with this? Uh, and how do I... Um, yeah, I guess, what do I do with this information? It's a very good question, Yeah. Uh, And it's common. Have you ever noticed whenever we present it with uh, new options, new information, we tend to wonder what do we do with it? So maybe our first place to start would be to the same way we re-examine the concept of rejection and we don't let the world or the word itself make decisions for us. We become a little more aware and we tweak it. So you got to also reobserve the process of what do I do with it? What do I do with it? Okay? 
because that in itself has a wide range. Somebody could toss a grenade and it's in your hand and you go, what do I do with it? Okay? Somebody could tell us, like at work, they could say, call so-and-so and and you go, wait, wait, wait. You're not sure exactly what to do and how to do it. So there I would recommend with matters of awareness, you're exposed to a new skill, a concept, a mindset that's not something you're really familiar with or even if it seems quite out there or you realize something for example, you were like, oh, I didn't know I was doing that. Like uh, maybe a guy realizes that he speaks in a bit of a monotone manner and s- suddenly someone or somehow it's brought to his attention that it's uh, not really grasping people when he talks. Whenever that comes up, treat it a little more lightly. It's almost like a crisscross. We tend to take deep matters a little too lightly. For example, it's your fucking life. It's my life. It goes by fast to let other people decide where it's going to go. For example, you have that urge on the inside. Every time you see a beautiful woman on a magazine, you recognize a tent somewhere. You know you like that. But then a year goes by, five years go by, or suddenly... You, you hear about people running their own career, and you know you like that. So, of course, it's you. But you keep on letting it not be the way you want it. There, it's taken too lightly. It, that's got to change now. Any counterproductive ways of thinking and habits, the decision to correct this must be deepened. It's too light. Most people go, yeah, I, I know. I see, like, I... I, 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 I I like to talk to women during the day, but too light. Deepen it. I'm here. It's my life. It's right now. Today's the day. I change those things now. On the other hand, when it comes to start to tackle and change them, the fabric of how you're going to tweak it, we tend to treat that too heavily. But how? Well, much lighter. Treat it all very, very lightly. Start with whatever hooks a touch, okay? So I'm a little more aware. Begin with opening your mind. Napoleon Hill, one of my favorite quotes of all time because it makes so much sense and has so many applications. Whatever the mind of men, from a time when no one was bitching that we should not say men in reference to human beings, whatever the mind of men can conceive of, it can achieve. You may have heard it before or not. For me, I hear something else there. Tell me what you think, everybody. I hear that it is nearly impossible to achieve something until we have a reference of it in our own mind. Just like you could pass by a building and you didn't know there's that little shop in the back. And you pass by every day, you have no clue it's there. Or a little cafe or a nightclub. Okay? Or right behind is a beautiful landscape, a point of view. And you pass, but you don't know that it's there. So you're missing out. But until you know, it's like when you're looking for a place and you don't know what it looks like. Even with a fucking GPS, it says you're, uh, you've arrived at your location. It's on your left. And it's nighttime and the the painted numbers are a little faded, and nobody told you, oh, yeah, it's kind of a, 
uh, beige building. It's like three floors high. You look around, you go, which one is it? Which one is it? But if you want to see it, then you know, there it is. Okay? So to open your mind, oftentimes we simply don't do something because we're unaware of it because we don't have a mental reference. So one great way to start to ease yourself into higher reality is to begin with a very light yet committed what if. Okay? For example, you go, what if the opinion of uh, other people of me didn't matter so much? Hmm, what would that be like? Touch of curiosity. Don't wait for an immediate answer. Don't wait for, well, I would do this, I would do that. Ease your body. Tension creates apprehension. Watch the amount of tension carried, even if subtly, when you aim for great things, learning, competition, and so on. So it's great to, to ease the body so you're more attuned to resources. They're more within access. Then you go, oh, well, you know, I, I, I probably with this, start with a probably, and then don't keep it at just answers of what you would do or not. Go, what would that feel like? Where would I feel it? How would I feel different? Then also start to notice what would no longer matter, what would be out of the picture, okay? What is already here that's kind of like that? And at any given time, I think that the core of all changes is it's almost like we're playing soccer or football or any sport you may like, and the person's not clear on what side they are playing. So a person could really want for something to change, really want for a solution to be, and yet the majority of their time and effort is either questioning how they could do it if they could do it or explaining how they are not doing it. So to me, that's the equivalent of scoring on the wrong side. So the core change, okay? For, for me, my profession, I could say I'm a pickup coach, I'm a self-help guru, I'm a spiritual gangster, what, what, whatever the definition, but it consists of one thing, okay? Is no matter what people present me, whether it's a girl presenting me with like, oh, why are you saying this? Or... It's a family member say, yeah, it's been all hard. Or it's a client that's saying, hey, Vince, how do I do this? I exist only in the solution. All my efforts throughout the day, my words, my thinking is directed towards, if I don't know what could be done, I go, what could be done about it? And that becomes so strong after a while. So you assess throughout the day, do you... Are you spending a majority of your day in the solution? And even if you don't know, you go, well, let's find out. That's a wonderful aspect of self-relation. Imagine you're two people and one goes like, I don't know where it is. And the other one goes, oh, shit. Yeah, me neither. Sooner or later, one has to go, why don't we go find out? Let's try something. The other one goes like, yeah, but I'm not sure. Come on. Even if we don't know, we got to do something. Let's, let's make headways. So it's reassuring, moving forward. And, and that's how you get going. So you treat it a little more lightly, and you know that if it's already happening, it's already happening. Tony Robbins would always say, sometimes awareness in itself is curative, meaning the simple fact that we become aware of something that we want to change, that means it is already changing. It's level one. It's entry level. So watch not contracting that and and layering too much tension and apprehension on top of it, 
Instead, build momentum by going the simple fact that I'm aware of this right now means I'm making headways. What if it goes even deeper? What if it goes... 773, that was a lovely burp. I'm, I want to top it, but I haven't, I've only drank like a, a quarter of my rock star. I'll do a final one upon completion of the call. Um, so uh, being a smart ass, I lost my train of thought. Don't be a smart ass, bitch. <laughs> I did genuinely lose my train of thought. It's going to uh, come back. Oh, yeah. So what if, what if, check this out, I love that. What if this morning, suddenly I'm uh, outside with my girlfriend in a parking lot by my car. This one guy comes, asks me for a cigarette. He's very street-like. You can see he's got like a gangster prison type of tattoo. Uh, you could tell that he lives outside. It looks pretty rough, but there's a brightness about him. And he, I can tell he's genuine. And he's got a Kali, Kali, the Indian goddess T-shirt. And I go, oh, Kali Ma. And I have a tattoo of Kali myself. Powerful force, you know. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's intense. It's more intense than like an angel or something like that. And uh, he, say, uh, he says, oh, you know Kali. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's really helped me with my relationship with fear. Because Kali uh, is feared sometimes by people, practitioners, and so on, was misportrayed in the movie Indiana Jones because it has to do with our relationship with it. If we go, oh, wow, Kali, a powerful entity, and we become a little afraid of it, like, wow, what if I fuck up and Kali punishes me, and we back into that frame of punishment, then um, it triggers that within. So she's really there to clear all those lower energies. And uh, so I, I tell him that, and he goes, Hmm, what's your definition of fear? And I said, well, you're asking, so I'm curious, what's your definition of fear? And he says, fear is the beginning of progress. And I was like, wow, I like that. So what if when we're in the problem and struggling with it, it's already the beginning of progress. The problem is that we don't recognize it that way, so we sit on it, we shit on it, we cry on it, we bitch on it, and most of all, we try to avoid it instead of knowing that it's the deepest part of the root of the seed of evolution, and that means we're already in good hands because it's leading us towards greater understanding. All right, so Akash, thank you for your question. If you want to add to this, clarify, ask another question. Uh, very rapidly, what's happening here, you are... Listening to Aphrodite Prince podcast, if you hear the recording afterwards, uh, follow me on Instagram, Vince, Kelvin, Facebook, a maxed out of friend most of the time, so that's why I go for Instagram, but Facebook, same thing, Vince, Kelvin. My email to contact me, if you don't message me through Messenger, uh, is Vince at seductioncoaching.com. Website is vincekelvin.com. And around the corner, June, we have the Cosmic Code Convention with all my colleagues, my brothers and sisters, top gurus. So look into that more immediately if you want some uh, deeper coaching and so on. 
This podcast is a glimpse of a phenomenal group in which I coach daily via video. Uh, it's very interactive. It gives you the benefit of checking in every single day called Aphrodite's Prince. It's a membership program. Look into it. And we are, at the time of this recording, have just finished Unbound. There's going to be a part two to it. So the recordings will shortly be available. Look for them. And it was another masterpiece with my spiritual brother, Raj De Palma, the fucking Dibazar. And we create more than anybody else on the planet. We create more. I remember years ago, I saw Brian Tracy, and um, I noticed that while most other motivation speakers would do one to two new programs a year, maybe one to two books, him, it would go three, four, five a year. But I'm pleased to say that personally, in collaboration with my spiritual brother, uh, I do usually 12 to 20 a year, new programs, and of my own, the same thing. So that's about 40 new resources per year. That means in, in three years, that's like a, a 120 new topics addressed in depth in programs that are like home study courses. So it's a real, and, and the more we create, the more, the, the deeper we go. So. We have time for one final question tonight, or we can keep it at that. Okay, since I don't hear a question, and there's a last-minute thing, let people know about this. And um, you're experiencing the cutting edge. If you were hoping that I would tell you about winging and mix set and so on, I'm happy to do that. That's pure pick-up game terminology, I'm happy to do that. So this is still a vehicle for that. At the same time, we're tapping into a deeper core that will address all those matters, uh, not purely of itself. If we took a person and they really start to relate to themselves much better, they still would have to know game. But anyone who knows a little bit of game or attempts to know game, uh, it's entirely dependent on how they relate with themselves. That's why we see a bracket from the guy. He took a couple of things. I didn't start with much, me, you know. Uh, there was a touch of NLP. That was the only resource. It was done in a very mechanical way, and they were, there was a lack of understanding of uh, the masculine, the feminine, no reference of direct game. It was prior to the mystery method and so on. And I managed. I managed like phenomenal success with it. Surreal. Um, on the other hand, there are people, you could expose them to all those different techniques of game and so on, and they still wrestle and struggle with it. So why, why, why? Because of the way they relate with it, that's dependent on how they relate with themselves. Okay? You could hear a great piece of information and go, yeah, I know I should change that. That's not a good way to relate to it, and that shows how you relate with yourself. Imagine two humans being, and the, the best they can do to encourage each other would be, yeah, you should really change that. Okay, presupposes you probably won't, uh, doubting that you can, putting it in the future. That's not cool. So let others do that to themselves if they wish, but not you to you. Take a nice deep breath, and in conclusion, uh, let's awaken within that most nurturing, loving voice that is greater than any parent one could ever have, that is even beyond any form of coach or, or, or brother figure or anything. And let's hear that voice now within the, the, the voice that most 
encourages you, that believes in you more than you know you can believe in yourself. It's even beyond belief. Belief is wimpy. What we know, we don't have to believe it. We know it. That internal knowingness, almost like a remembering, you know, where uh, why wouldn't you fully honor yourself? And uh, that voice eliminates all sense of, yeah, why wouldn't I? I know I should. I know I haven't. Or I don't think I need this. It just embraces like uh, a harmony within a level of inner beauty that's above and beyond where it's good to be you and why would it be good to be you? And it includes elements of holding nothing against you. Even if for years you went in bizarre directions, even if at some point you've done something that most people would condemn wouldn't that be cool to let that go right now, hold nothing against you, keep the lessons, encourage yourself with the lessons. Sometimes people put like excessive weight with a lesson. They go like, yeah, well, it was a learning experience. That's not what we talk about. What if you were surrounded within and without by self-inspiration, that everything would take on a new flavor, a new color, a new texture, of something very, very pleasant, even the realization of something you needed to correct, you know. Um, I was talking with my girlfriend today about an experience that I had a lot in my 20 to overdraft your account and then you get the fucking fee. And, you know, that weird relation. I was saying at some point, me, in my, my like, uh, 20s, I did that so much that I almost had an ATM phobia. I would get to the ATM and I'd be like, oh, shit, what am I going to discover, Okay. But imagine that even having that realization and it's right away more resourceful, it's right away more reassuring because it's easy at the time. The, the reason why I didn't correct that was that each time I noticed it was I, I would bust my own balls. I mean, yeah, I know I shouldn't, but I would not reassure myself that I could change, uh, that I would be okay no matter what. I would not remind myself. You have the resources, Okay. And the true voice of reassurance would be everything is taken away from you. And everybody turns their back to you and they're all walking away. And you hear something within says, I'm always with you. You rest completely assured right now. I really got your back. And that's the inner voice of Aphrodite. Much love. I'm Aphrodite's prince speaking the words and wisdom of an energy, a frequency known as Aphrodite.